BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoy, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, did his late father have his business partner killed five decades ago? The host investigates the case against his old man in the new podcast, The Estate. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of the Piper Green series of cozy mysteries, Laura Bricker. Hi, Laura. Hey, Rebecca, and I'm super cozy this day because I'm wearing cozy fleece-lined pants. Very excited for you. Are you going to wear those 100 days in a row? I just might if it doesn't get warmer here in Exeter. And finally, our resident Doubting Thomas, the author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of Strange Arrivals, and the Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast, the man of the medical miracle, Toby Ball. Hi, Toby. Hey, Rebecca. Can we talk about your medical miracle for a moment? I would love to hear about it. Which one are we talking about? Of the many medical miracles that I've uh, witnessed. Yes. Last week, the now, now listeners, I promise this is a squeamish story, but I'm going to try to tell it in an unsqueamish way. Last week, before we started taping the show, Toby showed us this weird big lump oh. on oh, his oh, I arm. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, oh, I blocked Elbow. it. Oh, Elbow. Elbow. What was that? Memory. What was that called? What was that? I have bursitis, yeah. Yeah, and he lifted up his arm, and it looked like a cow teat, just like hanging from his... <laughs> <laughs> it was just like swinging. That feels like, like a bit of an exaggeration, but let's go with it. Laura, you saw it? It did look like a cow teat, but not. it was not engorged with milk. It looked like an old lady boob, just like swinging from your elbow. <laughs> Toby's got okay. old lady boob elbow. Yeah. And then I was slacking with Toby about an unrelated business matter a couple of days later. And Toby told me that during his soccer game, he landed on it. (gasps) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Did it pop? Well, I don't know. I was not paying much attention. I felt I got knocked down, landed on my elbow and I got up and I was like, why am I upset about this? And then I realized my elbow hurt quite a bit. But I kept 
plan. And then when I looked later, I was like, oh, man, my little buddy's gone. And, uh, <laughs> so I think I, I think I just fell on it and it like popped and the stuff just went. Inside your body. Wow. Was it your conjoined twin that you... It's just like kind of fluid or whatever. So the issue was, you know, if it had been infected, that would have been bad news. Uh. But uh, I'm still walking and talking, so I suppose it was fine. You show us the elbow. Can you, like, squeeze it a little bit and see if you feel it? No, there's nothing there. See? It's all gone. Wow. It's a medical miracle. You guys saw it, right? I was actually out of the room when he... Yeah. You missed out, man. It looked like this. Like that, just kind of dang. It was like a finger hanging from it. Wasn't, it <laughs> like a it's testicle? It's like if somebody slipped like half of an egg over my uh, yeah, uh, it was, my elbow. It was, it was pretty big. It was, it was wiggly jiggly. It was jiggly. good size. Like wiggly jiggly, like Dr. Pimple Popper. Yeah, but it's, it was incredible. Yeah, I don't really, I don't know. I should probably go and see a doctor. It's still super sore. You have so many things you need to see a doctor about. That your thing toe, is gone. Your, yeah. your, your elbow boob. But you know My what? You had a medical boob. miracle. It was incredible. I'm very, very excited for you. Now, uh, all I can think of is like a water balloon toss. Yeah. And just. Yeah. But imagine it doesn't. But imagine it bursts inside of your body. Mm. Yeah. 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 You yeah. might want to get that checked out, Toby. But you no, don't, he's no, fine no, now. I it up. Why? He's he fine. could have the venom inside him or something. Hey, man, I Googled. He's fine. <laughs> Will that work on the bunion that I realize I've just developed? A bunion is like a bone growth. It's not a bone growth. It's like, I've just done the research. So imagine your big toe, okay? Imagine it's getting pushed in towards the other little toes, yep. right? What happens to the bottom of that metatarsal? Now it's swinging out, right? So the bottom part of that bone is now protruding ever so slightly from your foot. Right. And so when you step on it, it's not like a corn or a wart or something like that. It, now it's hurting my foot when I walk on it. Yes. So I'm like, oh, no, I got like baseball season coming. I'm going to run around and it's like it's going to hurt every other step. Yes. So I'm, I'm getting the bunion cushions. Oh. And it's like a whole part of the pharmacy that you've never gone down. I have. And now you're like, I I, I'm officially in the old man section. I had plantar there's fasciitis. No I've been there. Like, there, there's a whole foot situation. But there's nothing you can do for a bunion. Did you get any gold bond? No. Yeah. But for, there's no real, I mean, you can like massage your foot, but there's no corrective thing for bunions. You just got a you bunion. You just got one. Yeah. A lot of people who work yeah. retail yeah. have bunions. Yeah, no, I had plantar fasciitis, and Ow. when I had See, my I'm surgery after I broke my leg, the uh, the surgeon actually stretched my Achilles uh, oh. tendon, oh. which is why I don't have plantar fasciitis anymore. He was in there, and he was just like, Roop! and he fixed it. Oh, that's creepy. No, it was great. I mean, it's just uh, the image of it in my head is just kind of makes me. You don't want to like, think but, about yeah. operations that are being done on you, quite honestly. Yeah. But no. After my first knee surgery, I went and saw Hoop Dreams. And they have a scene of somebody getting like basically the same surgery that I got. And it's just, it looked barbaric. Orthopedic surgery is brutal. All right. So Kevin, speaking of barbarism. Uh, Okay. This is Thursday's podcast. Yeah. Which I always think of as barbarism Thursday. What's coming up on Monday's show? On Monday, we're going to be talking about a new podcast called Radical. What's that about? It's about an Atlanta imam who was arrested for killing a cop. Um, He was a former civil rights radical leader who turned his life over to Islam. But some people say that he didn't commit the murder. Oh, Um, so it's not about free radicals. 
No, it's about a, okay. It's about a radical in jail. It's the exact opposite. All right, just checking. All right, well, I think we should uh, get over our medical miracle talk and talk about what we're talking about on this podcast. What do you think, Kevin? Let's do it. Let's change topics and drop that first clip and get into it. Leading off. And what I didn't tell people as I stood at the pulpit of that Gothic cathedral, looking out at everyone who had loved my father, was that for a long time... I had a sinking feeling that my dad had someone killed. Growing up, Alex Estrada knew there was something important about the phone calls his father would receive from a man in prison. He learned his dad and Calvin Jones were accused of having their business partner killed in 1973. They dropped the charges against Rosie Estrada, but Jones got a life sentence. Did you ever have hope that you were not going to get convicted? Uh... Well, you always have hope. Always have hope, you know. But realistically, I understood that the possibility was great that I would be convicted. Already navigating a toxic relationship, Rosie's possible culpability confirmed Alex's belief his father was a bad man. But was he a killer? Alex sets off to scrutinize the 50-year-old murder case in an attempt to reconcile his complicated feelings for his dead father. To me, childhood me, I didn't understand why my dad carried such a grim outlook on life. After everything I've learned, I get it. In the podcast The Estate from Sonaro and Tenderfoot TV, Estrada re-examines the evidence in a long-forgotten case, looking for clues as to who Rosie really was. It attempts to blend true crime, political science, and family memoir into one. Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from The Estate. So if you want to remain spoiler-free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes for our thumbs-up or thumbs-down reviews. So, Laura, what did you think of the opening of this podcast? Because it starts out at Alex's dad's funeral. Yeah, I thought that was, you know, a unique way to sort of zoom into this story. We lead in with Alex doing the eulogy at his dad's funeral. He's like, but I didn't really like my dad. I don't think he was a good person. Didn't really know much about him. And P.S., I've always thought he might have been responsible for having somebody killed. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So you know that we're going to be going on a journey with him as he tries to sort of reconcile these different versions of his father's life that he did and didn't know about after his father's death, you know, really trying to sort of put this all to rest in his own life. So I thought that was really interesting. Kevin, we should mention that Alex brings in a partner to report this podcast with. Yeah. Um, how do you think that that works out in this show? That's Angelina Mosher Salazar, mm-hmm. I think formerly from Gimlet. By the way, Petro- vocally, yeah. almost vocal twins with uh, Maggie Freeling, by the way, in the podcast. Yeah, well, also she was with uh, Future, Futuro? Futura. Futura. Yes, that's it. Um, f- uh, same people that made Suave. Okay, so uh, I, I'm glad that she is there to help carry some of the weight and have somebody to bounce things off of for Alex. I know Alex is um, an entertainment writer. I want to say comedy writer, but he's he's not, we'll say, a writer classically trained journalist. Yeah. So to have somebody who can help with, you know, making those phone calls and for stepping up and trying to do interviews and lining up uh, people to talk to, you know, it's good that she's there. And sometimes she takes over the uh, the narration, again, to sort of maybe give him some separation as this is part memoir, is part about like what his feelings are towards his dad this day, as much as it is 
who killed whom. What do you think about the concept? Well, I'm with uh, Laura on this. I think it's fantastic. For me, it started off really strong. And then kind of slowly faded as we went along. The idea that like he's harboring this resentment, maybe it's because his dad's killer isn't the story that we heard first. I mean, it's it's a story. It isn't a story we've heard before, right? So that was something that kind of got me. And it had like enough sort of foreshadowing about what we're going to see. And it kind of posed enough suspenseful questions, curious questions that it kept me going. I don't know if I would call this sticky. I'm not like certain like, Throughout the podcast, we walk away from it. Anything happened? Like there was a memorable scene. So it's a really great concept. In the end, I think we'll talk about whether or not it was notable. Yeah. So, Toby, there were a lot of reconstructions in the podcast and a lot of reenactments in the podcast, like actors playing out scenes. That must be him. What's going on? He's hurt. I think he's been shot. Call an ambulance. The rest of you stand back. This is Officer Everett. We need paramedics at the 400 block of North Sutter. Victim has multiple gunshot wounds. Do you think that that was done to positive effect or was that deleterious to this podcast? Yeah, so I think there's like two different kinds of things that they did. One was sort of reconstructions where I think they're trying to like make you feel like you're a part of the action at a given circumstance in the show. And then the other one is they have these at times extended sort of reading court transcripts back and forth to make it seem like you're in the courtroom. Of those, I mean, the court transcript stuff, that was fine. It didn't really bother me too much. Like, it's not my favorite, but... It went okay. I thought that some of the other ones, like it'd be weird. Like I kind of felt like they did some of the reconstruction just for sort of scene setting, but not for the actual important parts of it. So you'd hear like cops talking about doing something, but instead of like having a reconstruction of them actually doing it, you then get some narration, which talks about what they actually did. And they do it so that it sounds like they're talking over a radio and stuff. I mean, it's like they're they're leaning into making it sound like it's tape. I mean, they're, they're not irresponsible about it. You know, it's a reconstruction. But yeah, so in those cases, it was like, I, I couldn't quite figure out, like, why are you doing this? And I think for other people, maybe that doesn't bother you, then it's fine. It's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, it kind of got me in the in the frame of mind for what was about to happen. But for me, I, I just, I was like, what was really the point? Like, why did you even bother going to the trouble of setting it up that way? Like, it, it doesn't feel like you get anything extra out of it. Yeah, I'll tell you, it bothered me. Um, there was one scene in particular where they uh, have a reconstruction of a, you know, trying to set the guy up for a drug sting. Oh, the sting. And it's <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, and wait, acting. no, I'm not ready. So, you ready to go? Sure am. Free, get on the ground. What the hell? Hands up, motherfucker. Hands up. Calvin Jones, you are under arrest. What are you guys doing? I didn't give the signal. What? I thought for sure it was. Jesus, no. It was so ham-fisted. Like, why can't you just tell us what happened? I, I like the detail in that where the one agent kept talking to his supervisor and calling him sir. Yes. Like even the most hardened cops like wouldn't know his first name or something. It reminds me of like any Donald Trump story where he says someone called him sir. That's like the tell that the story is completely made up. 
just you know whoever's referring to you when someone's calling you a sir that's usually not something i as you guys know i'm not a fan of sound effects in non-fiction podcasts and right we're creating like full-on scenes here but i'm not going to disqualify the podcast because of it i i understand that they consider it part of the vision i don't think they were necessary, but not all of them were bad. And that's most likely the thing is that I really don't like bad recreation. Sometimes they're good. And I also start to think about, well, if not for these audio embellishments, what more are we going to tell about this story? Like, how else are we going to advance the narrative here to make it entertaining and I feel like there might be fewer options. We've had so many good podcasts that have taken place where they've told us about shit in the past where we have not had this stuff. Okay, The Clearing is an example of a podcast about a woman examining her own father's activities before she was born and when she was super little, right? There were no stupid reenactments of scenes that happened that she wasn't present for in that podcast. It's unnecessary. You can just tell us what happened. Mm-hmm. Just tell us what something says. Like, it's fine. Just write it, write it well. I think that's the difference between the clearing where there was something there. Well, that's where we'll get there. And this where maybe they're, <laughs> we'll they're trying there. to stretch some stuff. We'll get there. That's, all. that's a different issue. Um, Laura, well, one, one thing that is interesting is that Alex meets Calvin. And Alex describes his father as this horrible, abusive dad. And and that is not Calvin's description of his father or anybody's really description of his father who didn't live with his father. Right. So I think going back to the beginning where it's like this is Alex's journey, I think that's really where this podcast kind of is the strongest because that's where we're getting some revelations of new information. Like he's learning why his father changed and how this murder case changed his father and how this murder case made him distrust people and why they, he distrusted people because people turned on them, people that they thought were friends. And so I think, you know, you go in and you've got Calvin, who's a very interesting voice talking about how, number one, you, you realize what good friends they were because they've been talking on the phone when Alex was little every year from prison. But, you know, you hear about their history and their desire, Calvin and Rosie's desire to make a difference for brown and black people at the time and how they met in the 60s and they were like kind of in these like dead end jobs, but they start going out and getting involved in like the fight for labor rights. And then they become business partners in liquor stores, which I thought was very interesting. And then in the construction world, which is how they end up meeting Tony Virgilio, that for me, like hearing how Alex is now hearing a totally different version of his father and his father's life, that's something where as an adult, he could be fixated on the fact that his father wasn't nice to him. But now I think he might understand why. Do you know what I mean? Like that might allow him to sort of reconcile that and move forward. So I thought Calvin was super interesting. And also that Calvin has so much information still with all the newspaper clippings and the files and everything to actually help them learn more about this case. You know, I I don't think it's that unusual for somebody who is a domestic abuser to be kind of a popular guy outside of his house. Agreed. That's Mm. not an unusual dynamic. So if he tries to kind of reconcile those two things in a way that's successful, maybe I just kind of missed that. But that to me seemed like 
the revelation that it seemed like he was having is that there are really two dads, and one of them was the one that the rest of the world saw. The one was the one that that he saw, and uh, that's the kind of thing that doesn't seem reconcilable. Absolutely. I took it totally differently. I took it that the dad maybe used to be a different type of person, and then, and then his whole personality sort of shifted because of his role in this case. That was sort of my takeaway, but... I don't know. I can see the way you're describing it as well being pretty credible. So what did you think about uh, their business ventures, Kevin? Because they did have a lot of business ventures. They did, like we do at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. Yes, that was a layup. That was. Thank you for setting me up like that. You're welcome. Here we are in the business section. Yes. Uh, Also, um, here at Partners in Crime Media, I am planning to have either uh, Toby or Laura killed uh, in order to settle business disputes. So I'm kind of getting like where Rosie and Calvin may have been coming from. Allegedly. Yes. Allegedly. You guys better prepare your dying declaration now. No, I get it. I You'll get know it. who it is. So we, we're looking forward to something coming up this spring, and it's going to be in Exeter, New Hampshire. We're going to be doing a live show at a place called The Word Barn, and this is in kind of parallel with the annual Exeter Lit Fest, and we know we got a lot of our fans are uh, coming to that event. And Lark, tell us a little bit about The Word Barn, what's happening, how can folks get their tickets? Yeah, so the Word Barn is one of my favorite places in Exeter. So those of you that are coming to town are going to see an extremely quaint AF local, hyper-local music and arts venue. It is actually in a barn next to the house of these this couple that I know, Ben and Sarah. And they have uh, concerts there. They have poetry readings there. They have owl events there sometimes. And now they're owl having... Owl events. They have incredible owl, owl merch. Mm. The best. You got me an owl t-shirt as a gift. They have the best owl merch. Every time I go there, I want to buy another piece of owl merch. It's great. Yeah, so I will tell them to stock up on owl merch before April 6th, which is the date of our live Crime Writers on taping and podcast meetup out at the Word Barn. The tickets are now available. They went on sale through the Word Barn's website. And I'm sure we'll be sending out links to that, but you can very easily find it at like thewordbarn.com. And... It's going to be sort of adjacent to the Exeter Lit Fest Saturday night after all of the main author events have taken place. And I'm psyched because we haven't done a live show in a while. No, but I think uh, since the pandemic, right? Right. Yeah. Do we even know how to do a live show? We know how to do a live show. Yeah, that'd be great. I feel like we're doing one right now. It's really, <laughs> we're doing one right now, actually. <laughs> for, for each other. Yeah. We'll get your tickets. It's probably not going to be sold out. And Laura, we have what? There's going to be a bar, right? They always have a oh, bar. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. They always have a bar. So, um, yeah, sometimes I help myself at their bar and then just Venmo them, which is a sign of uh, I've been here too long. <laughs> um, yep, there is bar. There will be a beer and wine. I'm sure we'll have some cool. little snacks. And um, it's a little outside of downtown Exeter, so we will um, get everybody directions that wants to get out there. But it's quaint as fuck. Their children help park the cars in the field behind the barn. And if people get stuck, they bring out the tractor. Oh, That's my right. goodness. That's right. So, and we'll, as we get a little closer, we'll talk about what the programming will be. We're going to do uh, a review 
We'll do a show there, and I don't know, maybe we'll do a business section. We'll do something can... fun. We'll fire some clips. There'll be some sound effects. We'll, we'll do the whole. We'll do the whole shebang. T-shirt cannon. Yeah, I'll remind T-shirt people. Cannon. I'll remind people that they can sign up at Patreon.com/slash/PartnersInCrimeMedia to get great shows like the Crime Writers on After Show, Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker Podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive, Deep Dive Book Club Podcast. We're telling folks if they want to get ready for the next Deep Dive. It's coming up. Uh, well, the recording's coming up on February 5th. Toby's book is The Angel Makers. He's almost finished. He's almost finished. He's almost starting. I, I really had no idea. He told us last podcast that he started it, so he must be almost finished by now. <laughs> Pretty close. <laughs> In real time. In yeah. real time. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, we have the latest episode of These Are Their Stories, The Law & Order podcast. This is an episode from early SVU, and it's one in which Munch poses as a tourist looking to go overseas and have sex with children. It's a standard two-week package. You fly business class, stay in a business hotel, meals and entertainment included for $5,000. And the uh, entertainment? You prefer girls or boys? Or both? Boys, 11 to 13. Uh, so lots happening, and we always encourage you to stay in touch with us and learn all the great stuff that we've got going on here by signing up for our newsletter. It's at crimewriterson.com. Just put your email address in, and They're every Thursday... They're fictional children, by the way. Yeah, that's right. We always say... Fictional children. Fictional children, fictional crimes, fictional detectives. But your rage is real. Put your email address in, and you'll get things like um, crime writers on behind the scenes. You get to see the pet of the week, the post of the week, the uh, crime of the week, things like that. And we will always let you know stuff like what we'll be talking about at the Word Barn. So we have all sorts of great stuff to keep you informed here at Crime Writers On and Partners in Crime Media. Kevin, before we end the business section, I have a very important question to ask you. Go for it. Do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Our Patreon patron saints are Kara Yukolowitz and Jennifer Lucas. Bless you. Kara, Jennifer, you are the best. Join Kara and Jennifer and you too could be a Patreon patron saint of the week this week. It's like Romper Room, where we'll say your name on the podcast by looking into a magic mirror. (laughs) But it can only happen if you join us on Patreon and support our work. We appreciate you so much. It's how we keep the lights on around here. Everybody who supports us on Patreon, you help us do what we do. We can't tell you how much we appreciate it. You help us make our podcast for free for everybody else. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Kevin, does that send the business section? That sends the business section. I'm going to go ahead and fade that music out right now. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. 
Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Good morning. Baby, it's a brand new day. Experience a different tomorrow with Norwegian Cruise Line. Book today and get 50% off your cruise to Alaska, Europe, and beyond. Plus, everyone can enjoy their vacation with free unlimited open bar, free specialty dining, and more. Visit ncl.com, call your travel advisor, or 1-888-NCL-CRUISE. Offer ends soon. Norwegian Cruise Line, Ships Registry, the Bahamas and USA. Restrictions apply. The rest of my life gonna start today. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Kevin, there was a dying declaration sort of at the center of this case. Mm-hmm. Now, we've listened to a lot of podcasts and reviewed a lot of media. And we know that the dying declaration basically takes the word of the cop who was there to hear it, right? Well, it takes the word of the victim. Right, right, yeah. right, right. But the cop who was there to hear it is the one who said it happened, right? Uh, yeah. The people who were yeah. there to hear it, right. Yeah. So, like, I you take it with a grain of salt. But it was a very specific dying declaration, allegedly, where the guy said... I was lured to this place and it was these guys behind it. And so that's kind of what we're up against. In well, this try, case. Remind me again. I thought it, he just said like they no. set me up. No, there he was said, more to it. He said I was shot and it was them that hired the hit because they it's like that. That's what he said. Right. It was a very specific dying declaration that my business partners wanted to rub me out. It is hard to like go up against that. And I don't think this podcast did a good job putting anybody else in the frame for this. Well, they do seem to have the actual gunman in the frame, right? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, they, they, they go and confront the guy who they think is the gunman. It certainly seems like they did have, I mean, going back all those years that they believe it was a guy, I believe his name is Ulysses. They confront him in the podcast that this was the guy who actually pulled the trigger. So it is kind of a wonder where he gets away And they drop the charges against Rosie, but then Calvin ends up getting convicted on this same sort of evidence. It's um, that's part of the thesis here. It seemed to be a pretty weak case, but somebody had to swing for killing this guy. And so they thought they had and there was the snitch. Yeah. Uh, You know, so it had a couple of things that in 2024, what we know now about the way the system works, that we can believe that. You know, maybe there wasn't the best police work involved in this. Oh, I, you know, I probably believe there wasn't the best police work involved in this. However, I also heard some things that went uninterrogated. Like, Toby, one of the things I heard was they asked Calvin, like, you keep saying that you're innocent. You know, that's really unusual. Like, you're not letting this go. And he said, yes, because I've told everybody all these years that I didn't do it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's what he said. He said, because I've been saying, I've been telling everybody that I didn't do it. I mean, he said he didn't do it, but like that ultimately it was almost like, I'm not willing to change what I said. Sticking with the bit. Exactly. And I, that really, that really struck me. And it's like, I just don't know that 
like really anything happens in this podcast. Like I, I that's that's kind of where I ended up with it. Like, did anything happen? Well, he learned some stuff about his dad in the case yeah. that he didn't know about. Okay. Yeah. Nothing really advanced, but like his personal, like sort of like, oh, I'm going to go like learn what I can learn. Well, there are the two tracks, right? There is the 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 family dynamic thing and the and the legal case. And Rebecca, I think you're right. I don't know. Did he learn anything about the legal not- case that he couldn't that he didn't learn from reading this stuff? Well, they did try to reach out to like you know those those people. We do hear their voices, even if it's briefly saying they don't want to talk about that. And would you? No, no. <laughs> if you can't read, you know, if you, if you can't read the thing, then I can't help you or whatever the guy said. Because it's not none of your business. If you if you can't read, then you don't need to know nothing. Okay. Well, I am investigating this on on behalf. Well, help of- yourself. Help yourself. Investigate all you want. Just don't okay. call me again. Um. That's the problem, because guys, we're, again, we're going on like 600 true crime reviews here, and we've come to believe, or at least I'll tell you, I've come to expect that just because there is a case where there is a question, it doesn't mean we're going to get the answer in the podcast. It's very rare, and it's really more about what is the journey here? Are we able to learn something? Maybe, maybe not, but can we land the plane here? With something at the end, we can say, okay, that was that was satisfying. We didn't learn this, but we got this instead. And on the the legal side here, I don't think we got much of anything. And so the weight of the podcast rests on the other elements. I thought what was really interesting is that he, he barely touches on is this political stuff that they got involved in and if that was real or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I think that at one point they have him like in a picture or a meeting or something with uh, Cesar Chavez and Dolores Huerta. You know, this idea that uh, Rosie and Calvin are going to sort of get political power for black and brown people in this town that's always been run by sort of a white establishment. And then Rosie becomes kind of this like tough fixer for the state senator. And then there's some ethnic uh, stuff around that as well. Like that all to me seemed both interesting and stuff that you could discover more about. Right. I mean, it seemed like that was going to be a more fruitful path for having a new narrative emerge than some case from literally 50 years ago, you're going to develop some new stuff that's going to help you understand whether or not your father was involved in this thing. And, and to a certain extent, like even if he didn't like tell somebody to shoot somebody or whatever, he was part of an atmosphere in which it seemed like violence within sort of a business context could happen. But this other political stuff like that seemed like a good way of kind of trying to understand his father and what his father's goals were and what his values were. And, you know, it's sort of checked a little bit, like it's mentioned, but it, it's kind of left hanging there. And that to me, when it was over, I was like, well, why didn't they go and look at that stuff? There, there could have been a lot there and it would have been a different, like it probably isn't a true crime podcast anymore. But if the idea is this is like Alex's, sort of voyage of discovery about like the reality behind his dad outside the walls of the house in which his father was a domestic abuser. Like that to me seems like where he should have gone. But again, if he was trying to do a true crime podcast, probably wouldn't have worked so well. Yeah. Laura, there was some stuff around the case itself, the prosecutor, the trial, 
whether or not there were conflicts of interest, jury misconduct, potentially with them doing dry runs, which I didn't understand. Um, so there was some of that stuff. But also, I also kind of feel like that stuff didn't really land the plane. It just was sort of explored and like sort of saying, is that right? Is that wrong? That seems weird. That doesn't seem cool. But then it never really sort of gets to a conclusion on any of those things. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I think it was interesting. And I thought there was definitely some like shades of Doug Evans at one point with this, where we have the young prosecutor makes this comment about some past case that he was involved with and how he noticed that people of color voted to acquit because the defendant was black. And then Rosie tries to share it with the judge. And then the prosecutor says, well, I may have said that, but I didn't mean it. I was just like joking around. But I will say, to their credit, then they track this prosecutor down, now retired, and he's like, I have no recollection of doing this. And they're like, well, actually, this is what the court transcript says. And despite the fact that that's what the court transcript says, that guy still says, that didn't happen. That's a lie. And I'm like, uh, okay. And then you find out that later there were other cases he was involved with where that same thing happened. And Calvin was convicted by an all-white jury. So definitely the role of race comes up in this. So I think there's some themes in here that definitely could have been explored in a way that would have been more impactful. But I'm glad they brought that up. But like you said, it didn't necessarily advance yeah. in a way that... It's like stuff was put up on a bulletin board, but yeah. the strings were never put, put up for us. Right. You know what right. I mean? Okay, so before we wrap up, can I just ask you all a question? Mm-hmm. And this is not about the content. It's about the format. Did anybody besides me, I mean, I downloaded all the files, have like technical issues with some of your episodes, weird cuts, missing sections, moments of long silences? Because I had a f- quite a few technical issues with some of my episodes of this podcast. I was driving up to Vermont and after about the first seven or eight minutes, I switched it to 1.3 speed and then did that like silence removal thing where it kind of skips through because I was having these like, The talking was slow. And then there were these like four or five second pauses to the point where I was like picking up my phone to make sure that I hadn't hit pause by accident. After that, after I made those two things, like I don't think I can even talk about pacing or anything because I sort of customized my experience so much. The other thing that was kind of weird and I felt like was a little sloppy is that they wrote in and out of some ad breaks but I would say the majority of them, they didn't. So you have some that were kind of clean, like, you know, coming up after the break and then there'd be like a commercial and then they'd kind of bring you back in. And then I would say two thirds of them were just like sudden halts in the middle of something and they throw in the ad and then they go pick right back up or they like left off. Paragraph, yeah. Yeah. So it, I, that just seemed strange like if you're if you're gonna do the the cutting in and out like why don't you just do that for all of them rather than just for some so it just makes it look kind of haphazard anyway i'll say i had the thing too where i kept thinking i accidentally hit something it was really strange i didn't have that issue you didn't have that issue no we must have gotten different versions of the file perhaps yeah or it it could be the um platform could be i listened on apple yeah 
Yeah, no, I didn't have that issue. I listened on Spotify, but I did have the issue with the weird long pauses. And I did the same thing because I was like walking as I was listening to it. And I was like, oh, did something get knocked in my pocket and like pause the podcast? Okay, well, that's a mystery that way you can go back and solve. That's too bad because it does take away from the listener's experience and whether it's preventable or not. It's um, this is a podcast that really doesn't need to have something working against it. Right, right. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. And robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Okay, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out The Estate? Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for this podcast? Um, I'm going to thumb sideways on this podcast. There were parts of this that I liked. I thought there was some unique story here with the backstory of this guy's father. I liked how he was kind of trying to like re-examine his own life. I didn't love the reenactments that they did in this. But there were parts towards the end that I kind of got invested in. We were talking about the role of race in the trial of the man who did go to jail in this case. We hear about some political activism in like the early 70s, which was kind of interesting. You know, they definitely have access to a lot of people that were connected to the case. Like they definitely did their like shoe leather due diligence to go knock on doors. You know, they even find one gentleman by the mailbox coming home and try to question him. So, you know, there was some things I didn't love. There was a lot of repetition and filler, I felt like. Like, I felt there was a lot of, like, going back and recounting what had happened. There was some technical issues with silence that sort of appeared there. But overall, I mean, it's thumb sideways. I I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. But it was, there was some parts that were interesting. And honestly, it wasn't that long. Once you skip through uh, (laughs) some of the filler sections, I thought there was some parts in there that were interesting. So thumb sideways. Toby Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for the estate? You know, I I guess I'm a mild thumbs down. 
I mean, it's, it's not a disaster, but you know, I just, I don't know what really in the end, what gets accomplished kind of feels like a short journey to nowhere. I think there were opportunities to go a little bit more in depth for Alex, the host to try and understand uh, his father and his father's career and his father's sort of life outside of the house. The, the best opportunities for some revelations or, or just for further understanding are sort of not explored as much. And the sort of true crime ones are. So, you know, just with all of that, I, you know, I'd, I'd sort of echo Laura's points about the blank spots and the, the, the some of the repetition and things like that. So it all kind of adds up again. It's, it's not, it's not a disaster. There's, there's nothing sort of objectionable about it. It just, you know, in the end, I was just kind of left wondering what had just happened and and why. So, mild thumbs down. Kevin Flynn. Yeah, I'm going to go thumb sideways on this again. I, I you're right. It isn't a disaster. It's it's primarily a personal memoir, a true crime personal memoir. In that case, it's not as good as the clearing or you didn't see nothing. It's not as bad as Happy Face. So it's somewhere. In the, uh, Toby's look at the. On his, on his face at the mention of happy face. Nothing is as bad as happy face, except maybe manslaughter. a sad face. Yeah, yeah, sad face. So aside from the murder mystery that kind of gets explored, it's a personal memoir, and it's a look at Alex's feelings. It's called The Estate because it's about his inheritance, which is his disdain for his father. And we hear, like, off the top that he kind of faked this eulogy for his dad. And... This podcast is his eulogy. Um, so in that case, it's personal and I could admire that. I would just say, I don't know if Alex could say, I learned something from this. But if he could say yes, I'd ask, do you think you communicated that to us? What that was that you learned? There certainly was time where I think that he might have come up with some kind of new appreciation for his dad at the end. But primarily, I think that this, you know, tried to be a little podcast that could. It has elements of that, but primarily I, it's kind of take it or leave it for me. Yeah, I'm a mild thumbs down. Um, I just think that just because something isn't as bad as something else doesn't mean that it deserves a sideways. <laughs> um, you do you, Rebecca Lavoie. Yeah, no, it's fine. Uh, I think that um, I, I guess I guess all I have to say is this. Alex kept telling us how he felt about how bad his dad was, but then we never really heard about how bad his dad was. Like we, we kept getting like a, a, an assertion and this wasn't just about his dad. We kept getting an assertion of something with nothing to back it up or like an assertion that something was sus, but then like, what does that mean? And then it doesn't go anywhere. Uh, there was just a lot of just like dangling chads, so to speak in this podcast and a lot of unfollowed through paths. And, I finished this podcast and I thought, I don't think anything actually happened. And I actually found some of the approaches to some of the sources a little bit objectionable in this podcast. And I, I found the inclusion of those approaches in the podcast objectionable. I don't think they should have been included. Um, so, yeah, I'm a mild thumbs down because I didn't get anything out of it. And I don't think it's finished. So I don't think you should put something out if it's not finished. So yeah, uh, mild thumbs down for me for the estate. That's going to do it for us. But before we go, Laura Bricker, do we have a cat of the week this week? We do have a cat of the week this week. Hold on a minute. Let me get my glasses on because I can't read now without my glasses sometimes, which is a brand new thing in my life. 
Um, we have a dog. Welcome to being old, Laura. Yeah. No shit. How are your bunions? This is my life now. I, I, I don't have bunions. I just have a Wait, planter's wart. Did you discover this phenomenon in a restaurant by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> yes, where I can no longer read menus. Correct. Yeah. And by the way, there's a, there's a magnifying glass on your iPhone, just FYI. Well, and I've had people say, oh, well, I take a picture of the menu and then I no. blow it up into a bigger Swipe picture. Swipe up on your iPhone. There's actually a magnifying <laughs> tool. It's incredible. Oh, thank God. Okay. We'll see these all these things I learned now. Um, so our dog of the week is from Liz Mazarek, and it is her sweet Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor is a very cute little brown dog, looks like some sort of a lab mix. And Eleanor's been having a rough time, completely normal in November, now has an uncontrollable dermatitis. The vet is puzzled. We are sending Eleanor some love that this gets cleared up and that she is once again happy and itch free. Maybe if she picked up some rice at a church, that would help her out. Laura Bricker, if folks want to reach out to you and submit their animals to be pet of the week, it could be any kind of animal. Obviously, it doesn't have to be a cat, even though the segment's called Cat of the Week. Of course, they can email us at crimewriterson at gmail.com. But if they want to pitch it to you directly, how can they find you online? You can find me at Laura Bricker and send me some more tips for how to read menus at restaurants without wearing reading glasses. I'm telling you, just use the magnifier in your iPhone. It'll change your life. What about you, Toby Ball? How can you be found online? At Toby Ball and H. Flynn? Yeah, Kevin P. Flynn. If you want to follow me everywhere, you can find me at Reb Lavoy. You can also follow the show everywhere at Crime Writers On. And please join our incredible official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. Everyone who's in it says it's their favorite group they belong to. We have a regular old Facebook page. Just go there. There's a pinned post that tells you how to join the group. Get episodes early and ad-free at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. There you'll get all the other cool stuff we make including Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave it to Bricker Podcast, and the Crime Writers on After Show, which you can listen to right now. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our editor is the wonderful Livy Burdett. The executive producer of this show is Kevin Flynn. This show was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi Studio, otherwise known as Studio C, The Closet, in our New Hampshire basement where we also politely take a phone message for our parents when they're not home. Lavoy residents, who may I ask is calling. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you later. Later. The Cowboys Packers game, it was like watching that football game where that guy um, took his high school team and had them play on TV when they were completely unqualified to play on TV. That's what the Cowboys looked like in that game. It was fucking amazing. Well, it's like if they took that team and then they actually beat that other team because the Cowboys were supposed to crush Green Bay. I know. It was incredible. I was like, Kevin, I need to learn stuff about the Packers. He's like, well, they're owned by the fans. I'm like, oh, it makes me like them more. So I'm like, yeah. I, I just became like instant pack. Now that Aaron Rodgers it wasn't the quarterback, I'm like, oh, I like this Jordan Love fellow. He seems nice. Yeah, <laughs> he seems vaccinated. <laughs> Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. 
No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.